Blog Talk Radio. Hawthorne. She's new on the gospel team for the last 
four years now she's been here on the gospel scene, and she's breaking down the storms of gospel music, giving us the good gospel the way young people like to hear it. We like to hear gospel music that is innovative, and it gets us moving in the right direction for Christ. So that was one to do it by gospel. Great Corinne Hawthorne. Tonight, 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 the doctor is in the studio tonight. The Honorable Dr. Bishop Alphamore, he's back yet again for another Thursday. That's right, another Thursday night of Food for the Soul Bible Study Sessions. Yes, but before he comes on, first I want to thank everybody who was on last night for the prayer. We had 210 people, 210 of your radio land last night. You downloaded our show, our, just our prayer show. Maybe something in the prayer, it touched you. Maybe somebody had a prayer that related to you too, or maybe just the prayer itself, hearing the prayer again, you felt like it was for you. And guess what? The prayers from last night, they were for you too. They were all over the world, especially when we were praying for COVID. That's for everybody all over the planet because here recently, yesterday, we had over um, 3,500 people that had died from COVID recently. So every day the numbers are falling. So we have to continue to pray for COVID and then God will heal the land from COVID-19. Now, tonight I want to talk about why Dr. Moore is preparing himself, as I do every Wednesday and Thursday. I do try to give you guys encouragement, and whatever I research, I try to share with you what I'm learning. So tonight I was researching a little bit. In the coming days I've been researching about honoring your pastor, about the church giving honor and love to the pastor. So what I learned was how Paul told the theologians, now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you and are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. Now there's also a commentator by the name of Eugene Peterson, and he puts it this way. And in his message, he's paraphrasing what First Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13 talks about. He, he's paraphrasing, and I'm learning this now, that he's saying, we ask you to honor the leaders who work so hard for us, who have been, who has been given the responsibility of urging and guiding us along the way in God's obedience. Overwhelming them with your appreciation and love is great, and getting along amongst yourself, each of you are doing your part to honor your pastor or your bishop or your apostle or your leader, your reverend, your minister, your clergyman. Please give a few moments to share some insights. There are three key words that Paul did express, honor, overwhelming, and appreciation, and also to get along. Now, when you honor, you're honoring the man or woman of God that stands before you in the pulpit tirelessly Sunday after preaching and teaching the word of God week after week, hour after hour, minute after minute, moment after moment, praying for you, your family, the country, and everything above and beyond and in between. You also need to overwhelm them with appreciation. You have to show them your gratitude and appreciation for all that they're doing for you. And then third, but most important, you have to get along with your minister, get along with your leader of your storehouse. Make sure that you and your minister, your leader, is on the same wavelength. And then to honor, many congregations have seen spiritual pain, hurt, and wounds. Pastors and wives are often caught in the middle of hand-to-hand combat. They are unable to leave the field of battle, for it follows them everywhere, which is true because most pastors, 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody passed, 
they got a call to get up and pray. Someone's in the hospital, 3 a.m., they got to get up right then if they get that call and start praying right then. So a pastor or a leader's job is 24-7. Once you sign the contract with Christ to work for him fervently and prosperously and you Work and you sign a contract to work as one of his leaders to lead his people. Your job is twenty four seven. Even when you're trying to sleep in your sleep, you're still praying for your members and people everywhere. Now families have broken up tons of times over different doctrines and different type of discipleship. Friendships have ended because of grace. There also has been so many different types of hostility and animosity with emotions fractured, and nerves can be frayed in and outside of the church. Now, when you're walking into the warfare, as a pastor has done, or bishop, apostle, or any clergyman, you are attempting to comfort, to soothe, to encourage, to uplift, and gently admonish your members and the people in your fold. The people who you hold dear to your heart, you're looking to comfort them and let them know you're there. Many, many, many pastors, they've also realized that they had to go back to the school of hard knocks. They had to learn how to deal with all these different types of emotions, these different types of spirits, these different types of people. They sometimes, it's like going back to school so they can relearn everything they thought they knew in order to help their brothers and sisters stay in Christ and help their fellow men come to Christ. And with that being said, we just have to uplift our leaders. We have to uplift our pastors. Any of our clergymen that's out there fighting the spiritual warfare and the battle for us, the ones that are teaching us the unadulterated gospel, who are pouring out everything they have to help keep us safe and sanctified, pouring out that we might be saved and have a second chance at a right to the tree of life. We have to keep them uplifted. And if you have a pastor somewhere, a minister, you have a leader somewhere, uplift them, pray for them more than you pray for yourself. Let the Lord know that you are so concerned about them and that you want him to keep them covered under the blood. Because as they're praying for you, who's praying for them? We need to keep our leaders uplifted just like they keep us uplifted. We have to love them a little harder, hug them a little stronger. We have to uplift them and keep them before the Lord. I thank you for listening to what I'm researching this week. And I'll be back again next week with more research. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. And he's ready for you now. God bless you all. God bless you tonight. Amen in radio land. Thanks be to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank God, amen, for my granddaughter, amen, giving a little sermon to, to you all. And pray that it is a blessing to you. And the Bible says, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, for they are they that testify of me. I thank God, amen, for this young woman devoting her life to Jesus Christ. Tonight, amen, it's Thursday night, and we're coming to you again to bring you food for a thought. And pray, amen, it may help you go on another week, another day, another month, another year. We, amen, by the grace of God, bring you the lesson to inspire you, to encourage you, amen, as what time it is and what hour that we're living in right now. And amen, this is just an opportunity for me to say 
to all that are listening tonight, let us let us forget about self tonight and let us think about one another. We are in a real pandemic. We are in trouble. And I don't mean a man trouble just in the United States, but I'm talking about trouble all over the world. We are in trouble, people. I say that to say, man, Jesus said, just as it was in the day of the north, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. It was eating, drinking, marriage, and giving in marriage until, amen, the Lord came. Some will hear and some will not hear. I'm going to talk tonight, amen, from St. John 1 and 9 and uh, St. Luke 9, 42 through 48. God bless each of you. Put on your spiritually helmet tonight. Ask God to open up your understanding, amen, that you can hear and understand the scripture. This is Dr. Moore saying we love you. We're going into God's word right now. In St. John, amen, chapter 14, verse 1 and 9, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. And if it was not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I'm the truth and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye have known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet thou and and yet hast thou not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Mark nine. And 42 through 48 says, And whosoever shall offend one of the little ones that believeth in me, it is better for him that a millstone was hung about his neck, and he was casted into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands to go into hell into fire that never shall be quenched. Where thou warm die not, and the fire is not quenchable. 
And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter hawk into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into fire, that will never shall be quenched. Well, their worm dies not, and the fire is quenched not. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where thou worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. Jesus is talking to us tonight. And this scripture, amen, I have heard many of people read this scripture, but it is really coming off the pages of life to me right now that I can hear it like never before. When he was speaking, as he's speaking to us, in our generation, in our time, as we see the COVID up on this earth, as we see a man that is taking people out of this world with numbers sometime, amen, they don't know how to number. Jesus is boldly encouraging us to say, let not your heart be troubled. Don't you be troubled, believers. Even you see death is all around you, but Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Do you really believe in God? He said, if you believe in God, you also believe in me. Do you believe in God? And he went on to tell us, amen, in my father's house are many mentions. And if it was not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. Now the Lord, amen, have already encouraged us and let us know, amen, that Earth is man's final destination. Earth, where we live in it, is man's final destination. But Jesus has said to the believers, I go to prepare a place for you, and where I am, there ye may be also. So we have hope in Jesus Christ. Thomas, amen, replied, and said, and whether I go, you know, and the way you know. That's what Jesus said. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, recognizing him, amen, with authority, recognize him, amen, as being superior. Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus explicitly, amen, said unto him, I am the way. My beloved brothers and sisters tonight, if you're looking for any other way is to get into heaven besides through Jesus Christ, you won't find it. Jesus is the only way. 
And I do mean amen according to the word of God. I, I hear all types of men's viewpoint, amen, but according to the inspired word of God that was written, amen, Jesus is the only way that we can enter in to heaven. It has been wisely observed that a journey of a thousand miles began with one step. Each step that an individual takes, it moves him near in his eternal goal. Every step that we take in right now, it moves us a little closer to our found destination. Man is mortal. His life is after called a journey. We are on a journey. We are pilgrims and we are strangers and we are traveling through this barry land. We are on a journey. We are going somewhere. Every journey has a predetermined destination. Even on the afternoon lies right in we intend to end our journey back at home. However, man journeying through his life is difficult. We don't know what we're going to face in life, traveling this journey, and God knows I have had some experience, amen, in my time, and still, if God, by his grace, let me live, I'm going to experience some more. And you are going to experience some more difficult things in your life. But you've got to keep traveling this journey. At birth, the date of embarkment, there is no predetermined destination. Parents desire that their children choose the right path that will lead them into life each home. That's what parents, a righteous parent's desire is to, is for the children is to find the right path, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he get old, amen, you, it won't depart from him. We live for that. Sometimes it don't work that way, but that's what we live for. There are many variants that enter into one final destination. Man, man is a free moral agent. God gave man a mind to think and to reason. Man is a free moral agent. You can choose to do right or you can choose to do wrong. That's left up to you. Independent amen, choose his destination. I'm talking about man's final destination. The purpose of amen is to explain the choice that are available and to help make the right choice. This is why we're here tonight, amen is to hope we are helping you to make the right choice because 
you have a destination. You, we all come into an end. And no matter what we do on earth and how, how we try to make life continue on, the word of God can't lie. We come into a rapidly end, especially here in 2020. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. God said I have set before you. Now you make up your mind, young man, young woman. Old man, old woman, make up in your mind. I have set before you this day life and death. Now it's left up to you to choose which one you're going to pick. Too many people say, man, hell is nothing more than a slang word. That's what, amen, it has come down in our day and time, amen, to many people, it's just a slang word. All the view hell as being any situation of extreme trials. If you're going through, amen, a different kind of trial than nothing seemed to be uh, right, amen, and you're always fighting this struggle, they view that as hell. For every one time that the Bible mentions heaven, it speaks of hell ten times more. Although many will go there, to this place of torment. Hell is a place of torment. Now, you can believe it if you want to, and if you do not want to, amen, that's your business, that's your choice. But, amen, according to the infallible word of God, hell is a place of tormenting. It was not originally intended, amen, to be so. Matthew 25 and 41 states, amen, that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It, it wasn't intended for to be for humanity. It was not intended for to be for people. But somewhere down the line, man took on the same spirit of Satan. And when he took on that spirit, he disobeyed God and hell enlarged herself. Man's final destination. It's a place, amen, of torment. Luke chapter 16 gives us the account of a certain rich man who died and he went to hell. Verse 23 records. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Hell is not a pleasant. God has given us an overview of what hell is going to be like. He lived, he was rich. But his rich couldn't stop death. 
because it is appointed unto man to die, and after death then come judgment. All is going to have to stand before the judgment of the Lord. This rich, rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. Being in torment, he cried. Oh, he recognized, amen, that I'm in hell. He cried, he cried. When you are in hell, you're going to remember. You're going to remember the things, amen, that you have done and why you was in that place. God gave you a choice, and he's still giving those that is up on the earth today, he is still giving you a choice to make up in your mind, amen, to serve him or serve the devil. If Baal be God, then serve him. But if God be God, serve him. Make up in your mind. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And refers to hell as a place of tormenting. In Luke 16, 24 and 28, hell is truly a place of extreme agony. It, it, it's not a nice place. And I don't really like to talk about hell, but amen, the word of God is expressing hell, and somebody got to tell what Jesus said, whether it hurts you or not, whether you believe it or not. I definitely believe that there is a hell. And I believe if I don't live right, I will end up in hell. Jesus, he he referred, referred a man to the damnation of hell in Matthew 23 and 33. Matthew 23 and 33. And as a place of everlasting punishment. How much everlasting punishment? Matthew 25 and 46. He called hell a punish of fire. In Matthew 13 and 42, a punish of fire. And I know, amen, as I hear people talking, they say, amen, we got a God, he's loving. And our God would not submit and allow us to go through punishment like that. Well, I want to tell you, man, God got more than one side. He loves. He is love. But he also is justice. He is righteous. And he's holy. In Psalms, amen, 18 and 5, David mentioned the sorrow of hell. It's sorrow in hell. It's sorrow in hell. You that are listening to me tonight, I, I pray God, amen, you make a choice. On your final destination, amen, make up in your mind who you're going to serve. These verses, amen, of Scripture, it magnifies the intense suffering that will be the hallmark of hell. It's suffering down in hell. 
Psalm 9 and 17 describe a type of people who will be in hell. Read it. Psalm 9 and 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Not the righteous, but the wicked. They're going to be turned into hell. And all the nations that forgot God is going to be turned into hell. Look where we are now. Look where we're standing at right now. In America, when in first amen come to be recognized, amen, they gave thanks unto the Lord and said, in God we trust. But they God now has turned not to the real God. But there are all kinds of gods in this world that mankind is trusting in. Hell has enlarged itself. One of the most tormented aspects of hell is the fact that one will be eternally with all the wicked and the vile people who has ever lived. Hell, hell. Amen. When, you, when If you go there, you're going to be eternally with them. All the wicked in their wickedness what they are capable of doing and what they have done. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to end up in hell. The very method of arriving in hell denotes a place of incoration and punishment. Matthew 5 and 29. Matthew 18 and 9 state that the wicked will be cast into hell. The word of God is talking to us. If you believe the Bible, amen, read it for yourself. Don't take what Dr. Moore is saying. Amen. I don't have a hell to send you to. I don't have a heaven to send you to. I'm quoting the words of Jesus. Fear him without the heathen has killed, has power to cast into hell. Luke 12 and 5. Now in the Bible, amen, and no fear him who has power. Fear him which after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. You don't want to go there. But this is a man's final destination. We live it out our lives Found going around. The call, amen, and spread it. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. We're coming to a final end. Look at COVID 19, amen. 3,000 people died, amen, in one day. One day. 2,000 and something in the next day. Hell is enlarging itself. Peter wrote in the second epistle that the angels that sinned were cast into hell. The Lord is not going to even put up with the angels. Those that sin, God, amen, is going to cast them into hell and deliver unto chains of darkness. They're in chains of darkness right now. There, hell is reserved for them. In Second Peter, amen, 2 and 4, 
all the anger in English known to man will have its consuming nation in hell, an eternal place of torment. Beloved, I'm trying all I can is to encourage you. Don't go down to that place. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Everlasting torment. The same thing, amen, that made heaven such a joyful hope also makes hell a place of fearful and dread. They are both everlasting estates. Hell is not described as a place where wicked mankind is consumed by flames, but as a place where the wicked are eternal torment. It didn't say, amen, you were going to go there and be burned up. It says, amen, this is a place, amen, that describes eternal torment. My God, who among us shall dwell with the divine fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting bondage? Isaiah 33 and 14. And they shall go forward and look upon the carcass of the man that has transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. Isaiah 66 and 24. They're going to see a man. Men down in hell, squirming, hollering. And that's not going to be any help for them. See, if you refuse to obey this gospel on this side now, you ain't going to have no chance. Your chance is obeying the word of God. The fire of hell will never go out. Just think of that. The fire of hell will never go out. I was talking to a young lady, a man the other day, and she was saying, Bishop, I'm in hell. I'm going through something. Hell can't get no worse than this. Oh, yes, it can. And I understand her poverty and her struggle, amen, but hell is worse than that. The fire of hell will never go out. Jesus promised to burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. Matthew 3 and 12. He spoke of everlasting fire in Matthew 18 and 8. And in Matthew 25, 41. And in Mark 9 and 43. Jesus referred to the fire that never shall be quenched. It ain't going to never go out. Three times in Mark chapter 9, Jesus quoted the words of Isaiah concerning the worm dies not. The worm dies not. And the fire not 
being quenched. See Mark 9, 44, and, and Mark 46, 48. The worm dies not. The worm going to be in the fire. Your spirit is going to be in the and it is not going to die. Just think about it. Remember, amen. I love you tonight, but Jesus said you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Heaven, every vestige of suffering, pain, and sorrow that is found in hell has its counterpart in the heavenly realm. For every moment of anger that the wicked will suffer in hell, there will be a moment of glorious enjoyment by the righteous in heaven. Heaven will be the consummation of all that is good. Now, heaven is good, and we love to talk about heaven. And in the time that we're living in now, there is not too many people, amen, that people say they're gone to hell. All church funerals just about. They say that brother went to heaven. That sister went to heaven. But if you read the word of God closely enough, first of all, you have to be born again. And second of all, God is not going to let any filthiness in heaven. Now, I don't want to sound, amen, dominant about this thing, but you will have to be clean in order to get into heaven. My God. Heaven can be viewed in two different aspects, the throne room of God and the eternal aborting of the believers. I pray tonight that you are a believer. And if you're not a believer, as you hear the word of God tonight, go down on your knees and ask God to forgive you for your sin. My God, and stay there until you be endowed with power from on high. COVID-19 got us cold in. Won't let us go to our church, but amen. Let church, amen, be right in your home. Don't you sit there and die saying uh, we can't go to church. You can bring church right there in your home. Take your family, ever who is. Might be a husband and a wife. It might be a family, amen. Have, amen, eight or nine children. Bring them together, amen, and give God some praise. The throne of God. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids trying the cheering of men. God sees everything. Psalm 11 and 4, God says, I'm looking down on you. I know what you've done. You don't have to tell me what you've done. You don't have to tell me how hard uh, your trials and tribulations. God says, I know it. The eyes of the Lord is in every place beholding the good and the evil. Man found destination. Thus says the Lord, the heaven is my throne, 
and the earth is my footstool. Isaiah 66 and 1. Uh, heaven is up. Hell is down. God's position is an exalted one. You got to lift up your head. His ways are higher and above the ways of man. He said, my ways are not like your ways, neither is my thoughts like your thoughts. For as the heaven is above the earth, so is my ways above your ways. As king of all heaven and earth, he can look down on the small details of an individual's life. Nothing is hindered from him. You can't hide from the Lord. Adam tried that when he was in the garden, amen, and he had sinned. He knew he had broke the law of God, and he went, amen, and tried to hide himself. Mankind have not stopped today. We are trying to hide ourselves. We're trying to hide from the Lord, but you can't hide from the Lord. Go in the dark room. He's right there. Go into the brightest room that there is. He's right there. Jesus confirmed that heaven is God's throne. Matthew 5 and 34. No throne of gold, ivory, or precious stone will be sufficient for the king of kings. Nothing on this earth materially will be sufficient for Jesus. Jesus is so far beyond this material thing that there is nothing can even be mentioned on earth that is worthy for him. Solomon spake of heaven as being the dwelling place of God. First King 8 and 30. It was the dwelling place. That's where God dwells at. Now, that's just one attribute of God. God is a spirit, amen, and God, amen, is all over the world, even in heaven. When we know who God really is, aboard another believer, Jesus comforts his disciples with these words. I go to prepare a place for you. St. John 14 and 2. He did not prepare heaven for himself only. He intended to share its splendor with his people throughout eternity. The Lord is not selfish. Paul explained this by saying, we have a building of God. A house that not made with hand, eternal in the heaven. Second Corinthians five and one. He spake to the Colossians of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Colossians one and five. Thank God for the hope that is laid up for the believers in heaven. Heaven will apparently have two parts. A city called New Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth 
God's going to get ready, amen, is to bring us a new heaven and a new earth. My Lord, where there is no contamination, no sin dwells, God is going to get ready, amen, is to bring this for his children. Though that has obeyed him. In 1 Peter 3, 10 and 13, Revelation 21, 1 and 2, in a vision, John saw the city coming down from God, providing light for all nations on the new earth. Oh, we're going to have a brand new earth. There are some teaching, amen, that this earth here is going to abide forever. But they misunderstanding God's word. God says, I create all things new. We're going to a new earth. We'll be in a new heaven. Revelation 21 and 2. Revelation 24 and 27. The manner of the saved individual going to entreat into the heavenly habitation, contrived against the pitfall of the pilot of the wicked. John stated that those who do the commandments of the Lord may have the right to enter in through the gate. Now, you trying to come, amen, any other way besides coming through the gate, you're going to be lost. Jesus is that gate. You got to come through Jesus into the city. Revelation twenty two fourteen. This project is a total different picture from being cast into hell. John beautiful describes the new Jerusalem in Revelation twenty one, garnished with every precious mineral and stone known to man. It is truly magnificent. God has prepared for his own. My God, heaven, I can't describe the beauty that God has to went and prepared for his own. And not only that, when we get there, there will not be an evil thought Amen, that will come into our mind that we might think of. Oh, no, foolish. It won't be no foolishness there. Heaven is also no worry about what is not found here. The sun and the moon will not be there because the glory of God is light as the city. We don't need the sun. We won't need the moon. Oh, my God. God himself is going to light that city. Revelation 21 and 23. There will be no more death. No more. Think about it. Amen. Right now, the world is upset because death is it, it just invading everybody. The rich, the poor, the bomb, the free, and people that all uh, upset about death. Amen. But in that city, there will be no more death. You won't die no more. You won't grow old no more. My God. There will be no sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more crying. 
You ain't going to have to be weeping over your loved ones no more, amen, because in heaven, you're there for eternity. And Jesus gave us eternal life. There will be no more cursing and no night, no sin, and no abomination. It will be an eternal inhabitation of bliss. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I'm striving to get into heaven. And I pray for my brothers and sisters all over the world that they also will strive to get into heaven. All you have to do is go to hell is not to serve the Lord. That's all you got to do. But the Bible tells us, strive to enter in at the straight gate. Strive. You got to work hard. What a great hope. The words of Jesus in John 14 and 3 take on an even more beautiful meaning when we understand more clearly what heaven is like. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's coming. You can hold on to that promise. He said, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There ye may be also. He's coming. He can't lie. We just don't know the hour or the minute when the Son of Man is going to come, but he's coming. And he's coming every day after some, my God, man choice. Man, you got a choice. Make up in your mind who you're going to serve. The Garden of Eden, amen, was a beautiful place. The plants, the trees, and the river. And above all else, the presence of an almighty God made the garden a place a magnificent splendor. However, the most beautiful thing in the garden was not the physical creation of God, but the most beautiful thing was choice. God told Adam and Eve, I'm giving you a choice. Now you can choose you this day. Who you serve. That choice, amen, that God gave to Adam and Eve is still reigning, amen, among us today. In every generation, in every nation, he said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Out of the ground, God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. He also made the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Genesis 2 and 9. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, Genesis 2. 16 and 17, God gave an order to mankind, a commandment to mankind, don't you eat of the fruit of the tree that I told you not to eat of. Out of curiosity, amen, always get the best of us sometimes. No matter how righteous we 
say that we are. We always want to know what's on the other side. It is better sometimes for you is to not to know what's on the other side. When God said, don't do it, amen, he means just that. Don't you do it. But you know the story. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And that's where we are right now in this world of disobedience. God gave Adam an opportunity to choose right over wrong. He gave him an opportunity to choose right over wrong. God is giving you that opportunity right now is to choose right over wrong. Make up in your mind what you're going to do. Time is deleting from us. This was his great gift to mankind. God designed for mankind to have the opportunity to decide between good and evil. God is speaking to us right now. Choose between good and evil. If you want to live, amen, choose good. But if you want to die, amen, let evil continue to play in your life. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you tonight. Amen. Man found destination. And amen, make up your mind whether you're going to go with Jesus or whether you're going to go with Satan. God bless you. Coming from Dr. Moore tonight. We are so elated you could join us. So elated. Please tune back in next time. We love you and God. Bye bye. And God bless.